Hello, Tribe. I just want to let you know if you're tuning into this podcast, it is going to be a lot of talk about um, sex, relationships, and words that are going to be um, very illicit. So if you have children who are listening to the podcast, this show is not one that you want to share with your kids unless they are teenagers. So just to let you know. So enjoy the show. This podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy, an amazing company that is changing the way we look at health and wellness. Now Alchemy is using uh, monatomic gold and ormus, which is sourced from two ocean sources, the Dead Sea and the Himalayan Sea. Ormus is a powerful combination, a liquid known as the golden food for the gods. And in ancient Egyptian times, it was known as the light elixir. This energy not only shifts and brings back the dimensions of your body, but allows your entire light body to expand. Any particle breakdown inside of your system becomes repaired. It opens up your third eye, increases manifestation potential, balances the left and right hemisphere of your brain, and increases brain capacity. And that's not the best part of it. The very best part of it is actually enhancing your shamanic abilities, such as increased dream lucidity, being able to feel the energies that are around you, and being able to balance both your chakras and your internal and external Internal world increases your human biomagnetic sheath, known as your aura, and relieves stress and anxiety. Now, this is something you have to try. So go ahead and check out Now Alchemy, a sponsor of the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Thank you and enjoy the show. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional spiritual and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I am so honored by your presence of showing up, learning, and being a part of this powerful energy that is just streaming through your soul, through your veins, and just filling you up with light love and consciousness. That's what it's about, right? It's about living our truth authentically and being able to just get into that surge, that vibe, that energy and rock it in our lives because we have so much power in who we are and there's nothing in the world that we cannot do. And all we have to do is stay on that lit train and just ride that train and stay in that power and keep that fire lit so we can lift the people with the fire that's burning from our heart with the passion and love of, of desire and purpose to see ourselves in this planet to a higher place so that our beings begin to experience the true foundation of true evolution, true evolution, where we actually see evolution, which is love's revolution. So I'm so happy that you're here today and just know how beautiful, wonderful, powerful, and creative. And if no one has told you that they love you today, let me be the first. You are wonderful and amazing. And I'm so happy. 
And I'm even more happy to have on today's show my amazing friend, Alexandra Roxo, who is a transformational coach, healer, writer, extraordinary, powerful, amazing woman who is bringing personal growth and empowerment through astrology, moon rituals, and spirituality. She even has an amazing website. Get this, ladies, girlboss.com. She's been featured in Teen Vogue, Mind Body Green, and New York Times as a coach and a healer. And let me tell you, she is killing it, smashing it, rocking it to a whole new level of what it means to be empowered and lifted and understand the the, the truth of having a voice and releasing limited beliefs that are imposed by society and really coming into your nature and understanding your divine feminine, your sexual feminine, your, your understanding of what it means to be a powerful being. And she's not just for the ladies, she's for the men as well. She's here to help bring a synergy and help both both sides understand themselves in such a deeper and more profound way. So I'm so happy to welcome her on today's wonderful show of Ancient Wisdom Today. Hello, Alexandra. Hi, welcome to the show. I just want to dance after that intro. (laughs) I think um, you may have brought tears to my eyes just because you were the first person that said that you loved me today, so thank you. I do love you. <laughs> I love you with all my heart and soul. It just, it, it feels so good to be loved, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think love is a, is a is, is something that people shouldn't withhold or wait upon to say, because a lot of times people were like, oh, well, I'll tell that person I love them when I feel like I've had more time with them, or I'll tell that person I love them when we, when we share that there's something we have in common, or something we can relate to, or something that they do for me. And I think love, it doesn't, it shouldn't have this kind of measure of, you know, what you do or, you know, how you are and how much time we spend. I think love should be only acknowledged from the idea that you exist, I exist, and we are part of the same family, which is the family of love. Yes, yes. And we were born with that. And I think that, you know, time and time again, I'm like, what do I really do with people? And I remind them of who they were when they were born and when they were just pure love. And before all the layers of conditioning and pains and traumas and narratives, like who was that heart, that just sparkly heart? And I think that, you know, that is it. We're just, our birthright is love and it feels really good. So feels good to be loved. It's okay, guys. It's okay to want to be loved. It's okay to love. It's okay to tell your friends you love them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's very important. So tell me, tell me, how did you come upon this journey of being you? Because like you just came back from doing a retreat. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the retreat. So I led a six-month small mastermind deep dive mentorship group where it was a bit of an initiatory experience for a group of women. And basically, my path, my spiritual path has been long. Like I met my first spiritual teacher when I was 12. My mom took me to him and he was in a farm in Tennessee. And he taught me about my aura and my chakras. And I told him I was going to be a famous actress. And he said, okay, but you're also going to be like a healer and a teacher. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be a famous actress. And over the years, he really taught me so many things about my path and about the path. And he he would be like, okay, you're at earth school and you're in a classroom. And this classroom, after you're done with it, it's going to be like you took off some weights off your arms. And every time you go through something in life, it'll be like you took off like weights and chains with balls 
and lead and iron. And I started to understand life through that lens because of him of like, oh, okay, so this is all my learning. And it's a beautiful and exciting thing. So I've been an artist and a writer and I've made movies and documentaries and I really wanted to understand humanity. So I have literally like I worked and lived at a truck stop strip club and shot a documentary there for Vice and millions of people watched that. And part of that was to explore what women in all different marginalized uh, scenarios and communities uh, were like and to show that we're all the same. That project was called every woman. And it was really just showing that we're the same, regardless of how much money we have or what we've been through. So through that project, I also interviewed women that had um, that were working in, in brothels in New York. I interviewed I lived on the on the streets for like a week hitchhiking with um these kind of homeless train hopping girls and and also met like Upper East Side moms and like the goal of that project was to show that we're all the same underneath all the external layers. So after working as a filmmaker and an artist for so many years, I was like, okay, now I want to bring this into the healing in this in the wellness spiritual space and actually teach this um, versus just to portray it in art. And I've been working. Um, with clients for the last two years and loving every moment. And I was like, I want to do this deep dive group where I take these women through six months of transformational retreats and really see what kind of alchemy can happen. So we just finished our sixth retreat. And in these six months, and these are this is a, a path that's not for everyone. Like this is like, I do other work that's a little bit more for everyone. This path included ayahuasca. It included um, dancing with snakes. It included... I a, love snakes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it included like, tantric intimacy work. It included this weekend, a mushroom ceremony. So this path is a very, um, it's a very deep, path. A lot of the women had been through sexual traumas, some actually other horrific traumas. And I really, because there's a lot of sexual trauma in my family and all a lot of people in this world have gone through some sorts of sexual trauma. Oh yeah, I've gone through sexual trauma. Yeah, it's actually like so, 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 so common. And it's not that 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 trauma has more space than others, but it's kind of the most stigmatized in our culture. And so I really wanted to create a space where women could talk about that and move through it and have these kind of medicines and tools that actually really help um, move that pain and alchemize it into this gift and this radiance and magnetism. And and so that's what these women have done the past six months. I mean, they've been badass. They've literally faced their darkest shadows and looked at them and seen that it's actually all light, turned it to light. And um, it's been incredible. That sounds absolutely transformational and beautiful and magical and really just embarking upon the empress. You know, just really holding that space for the empress and for that sorceress to come forth and really honor her her gifts as a creator and as this vessel of pleasure and ecstasy and bliss. And, you know, and I was really, I was really interesting what you said about the sex working and all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I have found in myself this 
this, 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 there's this, you know, this energy on earth that has put a real dampen on sexuality and sex and pleasure and ecstasy and so forth and made it really, you know, into like taboos and like, you know, it's, uh, it's this thing that you just don't talk about. You know, I notice even in America, like when I'm in Europe with my friends, sex, we talk about sex a lot more. When I'm here, everyone is very shy and about talking about sex. And I still feel that very puritanical, you know, belief system running through people's consciousness, which is like, it's wrong, it's dirty, it's not okay. You know, and it's like, you know, I even I even said to a female once, um, I said, you need to let your inner whore out. And she was like, what do you mean? And I said, uh, the part of you that's withholding and trying to fit into what you think your mom wanted you to fit into, which is to be, you know, the girl who doesn't have those sexual desires and just, you know, gets married and has kids and like lives this kind of life when you're really a sexual freak and you need to let that, that freak come out. <laughs> You know, you got the freak in the sheets. Uh-huh. Freak out. Where is she now? I hope she's like wearing agent provocateur, like, like meow. Yeah, it, it changed her life. Mm. And it actually, her husband actually started coming because he was a big skeptic of me. And he actually started coming in <laughs> and, and working and working with me. And it changed his life as well because he said, you know, you, you saved our marriage. Mm. You know, mm. whereas they, he was ready to send her the divorce papers. Mm. And it was because, you know, he was looking out, starting to look outside. And when a man starts to look outside, that means that his home is not, it's not fulfilled. Right. And so my question to you, my dear, is what do you feel right now is holding people back sexually and how do we deal with it? Mm. Well, there's so many layers to that because, you know, the, the way that sexuality is now portrayed in the media and things is like this kind of dissociated, disembodied, not conscious sexuality that's like, oh, great, now we're sexually empowered. We can wear what we want. We can sleep with whoever. And part of that is great, right? That women feel like they can just go and have a one-night stand. But when it's not matched with a deep level of consciousness and when it's not embodied, that is actually creating more harm. So what I want to see happen is that women have a relationship of depth with their body and see their body as a sacred temple, but not in the puritanical way, not in like your body is dirty, that it's bad to have sex or it's bad to like, you know, want to be fucked, but it's bringing consciousness to that. And I think that's the missing link. So I think that, you know, we had this evolution of woman from like the 1950s to the 60s free love to like the 80s power mom. And now we have like the woman who's super independent and sexually liberated, can wear what she wants and say what she wants and earn lots of money. But how can there still be this deep level of sacredness to the sexual occasion, to the sexual moment? Because, you know, it, it's, it creates more shame and more guilt and more just shit in your auric field when you let whoever go in there. And, and when you're like, it's under the mask of like being sexually free, but there's not a heart connection or there's not like actually an embodied consciousness there. So one of the things that I really like to share with, with women and men, and, and I hope to bridge that gap even more, but it's just like... Let's change hope and say, I'm, bridge, I'm bridging, I'm bridging that. that gap. Yeah, okay. I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm actually doing a, a, a workshop, the assemblage in New York about this in October for men and women. But 
It's like how to bring depth and consciousness to sex, whether it's with a partner that's your life partner or just someone who you want to have a sexual experience with, but to still bring depth and consciousness and use your breath and use your relationship to your heart. Because if we're not doing that, then we're literally just like going through the motions and creating more residue that we're going to have to clean up later. And, you know, that's like if you have a sexual experience and you're like, wow, that felt kind of fun and powerful to have a one night stand. But then you feel the next few days like kind of empty because if your heart really wasn't connected and you're, you weren't dropped into your body, then you've literally just had this sacred act without the sacredness in it. And I think that's kind of the missing piece. It's like we jumped from like the Christian kind of um, like, you're bad if you want to have sex from that to like, we're all going on Tinder and having one night stands. And there needs to be that link of like, let's bring heart to it. Let's bring realness, authenticity, deep connection and depth. And that doesn't have to be cheesy, but it has to be there. Otherwise, it's just going to make shame in your aura is how I see it with so many women. They're like, why don't I feel good? I'm like, because just sleeping with a random is not the point just to feel sexually empowered. Right. And do you feel, because, you know, what I, one of the things that I talk a lot about, and I talk to this to men and I talk to this to women, you know, sometimes I'll be working on men and doing shamanic work and I'll say to them, you know, I, I'm sensing energies in your body that are distorted energy fields and succubuses that are around your, you know, your testicles and around the, um, the shaft of your penis because you obviously have been doing things sexually without consciousness and yeah. succubuses have entered into your oh. sexual area. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I go, haven't you, haven't you noticed like there's these, um, these weird energies happening inside of you, like where you feel like you want to keep going and conquering more women or conquering, or if you're a man who's attracted to men, conquering more men just for the sake of feeding yourself, but you're not feeding yourself. You're feeding these succubuses. And these succubuses are real spirits in the spirit world that we shamans know about. And they they have tentacles and they attach on energetic, into your energetic field. And then they, they, they drill a hole into your subtle energy field and into your energetic field. And then what they do is they get into your consciousness and convince you that your desires for sex are the need to have multiple partners or your need to go out there and, and fill in these, these, these gaps or they're using the void that's already inside of you of you not being good enough or you not being uh, powerful enough or you don't have enough money in the bank or any kind of insecurity of lack that you are holding on to. They're using that and feeding into the desire that you can fill those holes by bringing in someone and having um, unconscious sex. And, you know, for me... When I look at a lot of these dating apps, because a lot of times people are like, well, you know, you're a shaman, you can't go and have sex with people and so forth. And of course, because I'm a public figure, I have to be very mindful of where I put my energy because, you know, there's some people out there who would just want to conquer me. I've had, I've had celebrities come in and be like, you know, have sex with me, shaman, you know, or like wear no panties under their dress and things like this, which I, you know, I realize that what they're doing is they're just, they have this mindset, they just want to conquer me. So I sit down with them. And I'm like, look, you know, it's very flattering that you want to have sex with me and I get it, you know. Uh, however, you know, and I don't just get it from women, I also get it from men as well. And I tell them, however, the thing is that you're only doing that because you want to fulfill some hole inside of you. And that's why you're here to see me is for me to help you to clear that. 
but there is this, you know, there is, I don't say but, there, however, there is this really big problem because what women don't understand as well is that when I work with women is that they have what is called um, imprints inside their vaginas from the men that they've had sex with that lasts for quite a bit. And so they take on an energy DNA of that person inside their vagina. And if they've had many, many partners unconsciously, those imprints are are creating echoes inside of their system, which affect their intuition, affect their health, affect their way of thinking, their emotional drives, what they're actually tapping into and so forth. So I really like what you said about uh, conscious sex, because I really much believe in that 100%. And I think where we are in our evolution is, you know, there's still the stigmatism on people that sex is dirty, sex is wrong. And I believe a lot of the belief systems that have been created around that um, with the shame that you spoke about and this kind of dis discording of 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 the heart and not really being present in the heart when sharing yourself in an intimate way is brought on a lot by people not really wanting to feel and connect because of the fear of what feeling and connecting means how does one move through that process my love it's a beautiful question and the first is by feeling and connecting with yourself and really establishing a practice so if you're someone out there who wants to bring consciousness to sex whether it's with a long-term partner or someone that you just want to connect with in that way you have to have a deep relationship to yourself you have to understand how to feel your own feelings you have to understand how to move through your own feelings of shame or guilt or pain or depression or all of that not saying you have to fix yourself because i don't believe in that but you have to be in a communion with yourself so if that means you daily sing you dance you meditate you journal you pray whatever that looks like for you there has to be a deep relationship with self present because if not you're going to go in looking to fill that void if even that communion with self with someone else or communion with the divine you know for me having a deep relationship with the divine is very important you could call that love you could call that spirit you could call that whatever you want so in order i think to show up to the sexual occasion as like this delicious fun space you have to have those relationships with yourself and some sort of a love cosmic higher source whatever you want to call it the other thing is you have to know yourself enough to have moved through some of the things that are going to show up projected onto that other person because it's not really fair to show up and just be in a cheer a shit storm at somebody and i mean like if you haven't dealt with your shit and you try to then open your heart and your pussy or whatever with another human your shit's going to come to the surface or your cock yeah yeah Exactly. And whether that is projecting your mom issues onto that person, your dad issues, your money issues, like if you haven't looked at those things, the first, when you get that mirror, everyone in our life, I believe is a mirror, but you have that mirror with that openness, opening to divine source energy in this way, which a sexual, a sexual moment can be this moment of major, major magic, major divine energy power source moving through us. So if we show up to that moment and open really, truly 
our ego shit, if it's in our field and super present, is going to smack us in the face. So we have to be ready for that by doing our own work, by having that relationship to ourselves, our practice, whether it's, you know, going on the retreat, seeing the coach, seeing the shamans, like just getting real with yourself. So you know what in this field is yours is the other person's and is a cosmic creation of the two. Because otherwise, if you don't know yourself and your shit, that person might be projecting onto you and you assume it's yours. You just feel shitty for five days after you fuck them. And you're like, why do I feel so depressed? Because you've just taken on a bunch of their energy. So that's the other part too. It's like you have to know who you're getting into bed with and you have to have a relationship with yourself so you can feel them. Does their heart feel really present? Are they, you know, manipulating you? Are they actually, you know, trying to take your energy? And if you don't know yourself in your field and your your intuition isn't online, then you might get yourself in a situation that could deplete you, that could make you sick. Like there's so many things that spiritually, like their energy could be tentacles on you for weeks or months and you don't know why you're feeling bad. And I think we're just not educated about that stuff, you know? So I've learned the hard way for sure. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, literally walk through every door of fire and I've learned, oh, okay, okay, that, okay, that's what happens when that happens. Okay, great. And um, now I definitely don't want to learn in that way anymore because I'm like, I want to be super conscious every experience and navigate it really openly and be real with myself. Yeah, I love that about you. I love that about you. I noticed that when we first became friends. And you know what I say to everything you're saying is, so we got to get realness to feelness. Oh, I love that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Realness to feelness. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, these things. And what I've learned a lot about, um, which I find very fascinating of this great divide between women and men and like what's okay for men and what's okay for women, you know, uh, for men we're told that we are more superior and more powerful and that, you know, we high five each other in the locker rooms when, you know, when we know that we've had many sexual partners, right? So it becomes this kind of like society gain of, 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 you know, look at me, look at what I've achieved. So, so, so when it comes to men relating to one, one another, they always look at several things. They look at like, what did you, what have you achieved? What do you have? Mm -hmm. And who do you have by your side? Mm -hmm. What do they look like? Mm -hmm. And are you banging that person? <laughs> and have you banged this person? And if you're banging a lot of people, some men see that as like a grand achievement. I know to the success of being a man. Yeah. So we're led by our cocks. You know, we're really led by our cocks in yeah. the way we operate, how we operate and how we build our relationships. We let our cock build the relationship instead of our hearts mm -hmm. build the relationship, which is really unfortunate because what, you know, I mean, I know for me, the way I grew up, my father trained me that way, you know, and my buddy's fathers trained them that way. Yeah. So it was always about, it was always about, you know, how many girls, did, when we, I remember I had this one buddy named Steven, he was German, and we would go to parties and our whole goal of being at the party when we were really young was how many numbers can we get mm -hmm. from how many girls would give us numbers, mm. right? And so at the end of the night, we'd count how many numbers and whoever got the most numbers, you know, had to, like, you know, had to put, like, could say for them to go do something, like go put your head in the toilet or go, you know. <laughs> do something of this nature. And literally, you know, um, 
it was like this challenge amongst friends that we would go and, you know, see how many women we could conquer in one night. And it was so disconnected, you know, and then it was, and then it was from that to how many girls did we sleep with in the week, you know? And so we give ourselves this high five, but then when a woman steps into that role, of, you know, having multiple partners. She's looked at as a whore. I mean, she might as well wear the scarlet letter because she's looked at as a whore, as a slut. And like men find it so, they find it hot and sexy that a girl can like be whorish in her behaviors, but that's not the girl they want to marry. You know, and I'm not saying that goes across the board for everyone, but the majority of my male friends are like, yeah, I'm not going to marry her. I'm going to marry the good girl, you know? And I'm like, okay, what's the good girl? The good girl didn't have a lot of sex partners. So they always like to ask the question, you know, in re- when they're with relationships, like how many men have you slept with? And what they're basically doing is calculating if they could actually move this relationship forward or not, because men have this intrinsic insecurity that if you have been with a lot of men, then you might, find them unexperienced or not good enough or their cock might not be big enough, you know, something of this nature. And so it's really interesting. And I find it uh, to be almost sad in a way that, you know, a lot of women have felt a lot of the sexual revolution within themselves has come from the idea that they are not able to fully ex- to be free like a man can without getting the the scarlet letter put on them and them, you know, walking around in this this shroud of shame and so forth. And I, and that doesn't exist for men. It's like it's more of a high five kind of thing. I mean, men will never tell a woman how many women he's really slept with or how many men he slept with. If that's if he's into men, they they won't say it because to them it's they don't even count they just lost track because but because they don't have that stigmatism what are your thoughts about that oh i so relate to a lot of it. it's funny when i was working with my graphic designer on my logo for my website she's like let's make it like the scarlet louder and um oh. because i i do feel like from a young age even before i had even like kissed boys or even had sex like because i was radiantly embodied as a very young woman, girl, uh, I was just already told that I was a horror slut. And I was like 12. I mean, it's really bananas. And that's when you know it's actually not about how many people you slept with. It's about how much energy you're really radiating outwards. And for a little girl in Georgia, I was just like way too much for everyone around me. And and I learned how to hide it because I was like, oh, fuck, I have this power source inside of me. And it's like too bright right now. Like people are seeing it. Like my pussy light is shining. And I'm right. fucking 12. Like, but it's like shining like high beam. And I'm like, okay, great. I better like hide it really quick. <laughs> so all the Christians don't come and kill me like a witch again you know right, which yes. probably what happened before um not probably yeah it did <laughs> uh so i kind of understood that for me it was a part of my path to claim that even though it was gonna be hard because of that stigma of women claiming their sexuality and how men might see that as really threatening so And it has been, it's actually not been an easy journey in that way. I think that I have had times where 
I've been like, I'll never be like the the good girl. I'll never be that kind of a thing. Um, now I'm really happy that I, I let myself be who I am, which is let the goddess move through me and radiate through me because I don't feel that sexual energy is shameful. It's the energy of creation. And I know how to navigate it much better now as a practitioner and as like an embodied woman than when I was a teenager and stuff where I felt like that energy was just like so intense that men would want to like plug into it and suck it from me. I mean, still, it still happens, you know, where it's like, I think people, I feel like a power source and someone sees me as a power source and I have to be careful. But I mean, I saw you when I first met you, I was just like, oh my God, look at this goddess. And I saw this like, you know, radiant energy and light, and I could feel the sexual charge inside of my own body, Mm. you know, towards you. But but because I'm a shaman, of course, I I observe everything. So I observed it and I was like, wow, there's a real charge she has inside of her. And then it turned into, oh, wow, this is a beautiful energy. It can be creative. We can do a lot of things. I can help her look at powerful sources of energy mm. inside of her. So instead of me just engaging in right. that energy, I was able to shift it with you and be able to like be like, let's use this to propel higher levels of 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 you as a medicine yeah. woman as you know, stepping into that that very like, you know, goddess divine consciousness, that very yeah. strong devadante energy. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think that that's been the trouble. And I think for women who embody this, I you know, I think that it comes from like this sort of tantric priestess, Mary Magdalene, like there's a whole lineage and there's a lot of women embodying similar types of energy. And I think we sort of come from these ribbons of colors of red kind of circulating through humanity at this time. And I I think that we do incite and evoke like passion and sexuality from other people and, and higher consciousness people like you can see that that, oh, that's actually like divine mother's creation energy, but lower uh, unevolved consciousness energy who comes to meet us can be like, oh, I want that. And they don't know why, but they're just like, let me get it. Um, it's the story of Red Riding Hood. That's the whole story of Red Riding Hood. Yeah. It's the whole idea of the of, you know, like heading to grandmother's house and Red Riding Hood has this, 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 this cloak of this, you know, this red cloak and she, her sexual energy was very, very strong and it attracted the wolf yeah, to, oh sniff her, to sniff her out. Story of my life, honey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have attracted a few beasts and wolves. The other thing is like attracting men who want to be transformed and, and want to go through an alchemical process because they see that the energy of sexuality and creation can can really move them. So I've attracted a bunch of men like in crisis in the last few years who see, like they feel like, oh, she's, and I don't think it's a conscious thought, oh, she's going to heal me or fix me or like help me shift or transmute what I'm going through. But it just happens that they're like wanting to plug into that energy because it's so strong. And I think that, you know, going back to your question about like men being able to have more more sexual partners and, and, and women, I mean, I think that for us, it's like, if we can look at it, Yes, that's like the annoying surface thing of like, you know, that men can get away with sort of these, these, I don't know, I hope we're moving away from it, but that it's more societally acceptable. And in the media and TV and stuff, it's like, it's so still there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Definitely is. I think for every woman who walks around embodying a higher level, a conscious level of sexuality, then we create like a shift, a ripple, even if it takes time. I mean, and that even is happening in pop culture. Like I watched Ariana Grande's video about something about the goddess the other day. It's just like, I think it... Who's Ariana, God is a who's, woman. Who's Ariana? Uh, what, who? Ariana Grande. She's a pop star. Oh, okay. She has. Okay. Oh, she has a, a video, music video. God is a woman, or something like that. And it's like super, like you know, she's floating in the cosmos. She's turning into like a cosmic mother. And I'm just like, dude, this it's all hit the mainstream. Whether levels of depth and consciousness are are there, or if it's a surface kind of interpretation that we'll only see in time. Of course. But I hope people like us, because of the work we're doing, actually can put put depth underneath those things so that slowly that the, the external can change. And so that it's neither men nor women high-fiving for how many people they've slept with, but that we just get beyond that shit altogether, you know? Yeah, that makes great sense. And, you know, the there is a an interesting... Uh, look at it if we, we, we were to look at it you know from because i've done a lot of study with sanskrit and understanding chakras even though in shamanism we don't look at chakras uh but for me because i know that i was going to be integrating within all world cultures i decided to study a lot from you know different cultures from muslim culture and from hindu culture and from you name it and in the chakra where your sexual glands are it's called your sadvatsana and your sadvatsana is known as the chakra that brings pleasure, but it's also the chakra that uh, illuminates your own being. So literally in that sense of it, basically it creates um, your well-being, your sense of security within who you are, uh, prosperity. Uh, it, it also connects into your ability to, to be one with your emotions of your, of your need, of what your sustenance is. Uh, different from your manapura, which is more of your, your solar plexus, of it's uh, how do you feel about yourself as according to the way the world, you let the world see you. Your sarvatsana is how do you see yourself when you're vulnerable? And what is, what is the language of your vulnerability? What is the language of your sensuality? What is the language of your connection to nature, your connection to touch, your connection to, um, to tasting food? Are you a sensual being? Do you operate in the flow of current energies that are there to lift in people into bliss, into joy, into elation, into pleasure, into that strong foundational wave of, of ecstasy, right? And through that, you're able to create you're able to heal, you're able to transform. The, the energy core of that is the Kundalini. Uh, if we look in the old um, and we look in the old texts of the um, of the old world, you have what is called the Kandus, which are the two snakes that, that intertwine each other and then the angel wings. And if you go to hospitals to this day, you'll actually see that symbol on the hospitals. And what it basically is, is the representation of where it comes from. It actually comes out of that chakra. And so in African culture, it is, um, you know, it's very important uh, in some in some African tribes where fathers and mothers will bring in a man to come have sex with their daughter to arouse that in them so that they can start their lives. 
It's very interesting, yeah. And uh, and it's what's what's fascinating about it is that whenever you have money problems, whenever you have uh, you know creative blocks, whenever you feel that you're not able to feel safe in your embodiment, or that you have insecurities, or that you are not connecting with yourself on a very uh, beautiful, uh, nurturing space, that's because you have an imbalance in that energy. And it's funny how religion used uh, the energy of that against us to make us feel bad by shutting it off and going into, you know, abstaining ourselves from sex, seeing it as bad, seeing it as unholy. And why we have so much poverty on the planet? Why do we have so many people who are uh, creatively unfulfilled? Why do we have so many people who are creating, you know, uh, when I was talking to the ancestors of like, where does sexual diseases come from? They said it comes from guilt and shame that is held within the collective that you should be punished. And so the idea of having herpes or any type of sexually transmitted disease comes from the idea of self-punishment of the self. So you pull in this spirit that creates that energy in your spirit body, but then it creates a virus within your physical body and it gauges itself into your guilt and shame and you use it as a punishing marker to punish yourself and make yourself dirty and make yourself bad so that you can live with this, this feeling of, look, at, I have this thing. I was a bad person. I wasn't a good person. Look at what I did. It was wrong. And uh, I asked, you know, the spirit world, you know, is sexually sexually transmitted diseases, are they always going to be prevalent and stay on the planet? And they said, the, the misuse of sexual energy has come from the idea of being restricted in it. Huh. And so people yeah. get their power back by taking that sexual energy. However, that is still an imbalanced form of sexual energy. And what you were speaking of earlier, which I want to go draw back into, was this sexual consciousness, really bringing that about. So what do you think some steps can be that people can take to get out of the guilt and shame that they have, that they're holding on to, my love? Mm. <sighs> the first step is actually just getting present to it. And that actually is the hardest part. And in so many spiritual tra traditions, just... Can we change hard to more ch challenging? Yeah. <laughs> I love it when you do your wordsmithing on me. Yes. I'm feeling so much movement in the left side of my body right now, or my energy body. It's actually quite intense. I'm, I don't know what's happening, but something is cycling through. <laughs> so you feel that. And so what I feel is I feel emotionally sad. You do? There's some sadness coming up. I'm, I'm asking myself right now, where is it coming from? It's, come, it's moving through my heart and my left arm. Yeah, so I feel sadness coming up through my being. Am I, is it, am, I, am I touching into like just talking about this? It's like so ancient. I think there's a part of me that's like so sad that we're still here and that there's so many women on the planet that are sex trafficked, that are being so raped and assaulted and abused. And, you know, it does definitely like the sort of my gentle heart just goes, Oh, like I wish that we were beyond this. Yeah, even in men with men, like I, I feel all this emotional sadness inside for for men who have utilized their cocks as weapons and controllers of their relationships, and um, and you and like a lot of men will even go into the point of being like disrespectful and rude and you know you know perhaps even cheat on the person they're with and then their way to get back in their graces of the woman or the other man that they're with you know be it if they like men or women doesn't really matter 
is to use sex as a tool to using their cock as a tool to to get back into that person's space. And so that person actually thinks they're in love with that person when in fact they're just in love with the pleasure they're getting from their, from being pleased by their cock. And I just feel it's a sadness because these men who are doing this are empty. They feel unloved. They're afraid of love. And you'll know which ones they are in society because they can't commit. Um, they can't keep themselves from being with other people. Um, they'll make you, they'll side, they'll, they'll, they'll bring up things that make you feel like you're not enough. And they're operating from this need to push that as the cornerstone of, I say cornerstone, I say, use a different word, the forefront of their emotional conversation with you. They'll, 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 they'll listen to you, listen to you, listen to you, but the whole time they're coming on to you because it's sad because men don't have the, uh, uh, how do you say, the teachings yet of emotional intelligence and the understanding of that we can't emote emotions without feeling afraid that if we are to tell uh, our partners or women or another man that we are scared of being hurt and we're afraid to have someone to put our heart into someone and have them walk out on us because to us being walked out on is, is against our, it goes against our pride of ourselves, our ego, the part of ourselves that have built ourselves up throughout the years that we're this amazing person. Look at kind of money we have, look at kind of car we drive, look at how good we are in bed, look how the size of our cock is. And to the idea of none of that did anything for you. And then we begin to think we're nothing. And so men did become angry and then go after women in very abusive ways. And a lot of the rape, a lot of the trafficking in a lot of the, the sexual misconduct that takes place on our planet, it comes from that abuse of that, that, that wounded uh, boy yeah, inside. I know. And I think I just, I feel so much for all of the women and myself included who just want to be met with like a high level of consciousness through masculine form and know that it's possible. And, you know, one of the most beautiful things, and I will circle back to answering your question, but one of the most beautiful things I've had been able to experience in the last few years of my own healing process and moving into this path as a teacher is meeting men with extremely high levels of consciousness and heart and just like who are like so generous and so elevated and it's been it's been strange i talked about this in an instagram live the other day how i had a friend come over and cook me dinner and then just hug me and hold me and i thought is he thinking i'm gonna sleep with him and it was just this old old conditioned voice even though i knew that wasn't part of our relationship but it was just like so so common that 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 is something that then is wanted and is expected that it felt so sad to hear that voice and but then it was beautiful to be like oh he just wants to love me he just wants to hug me and cook me dinner how amazing is that and i think so many women are longing to be met with that with that high level of just that divine moving through a man who's not coming to like just like stick his dick in and then and then move on and and be non-committal because he doesn't love himself enough or he's a, he's not sure if he can really stand up into that more godlike kinglike space um so I just, you know, I think I feel like I feel a lot. I'm a very um, empathic 
sensitive human Mm -hmm. and especially my heart is a big feeler and I'm a Pisces. And so (laughs) when I start talking about this and kind of tuning in to the frequencies of all these women on the planet in different places, it's just like, fuck, so many women (laughs) just like want to be loved and want to be met and want to be like, have somebody to play with at a high level of consciousness and we deserve it. And I, you know, I hope that a lot of us get it this lifetime. But the one thing that has helped me in that regard is connecting with divine energy and spirit energy. And so that's not for everyone because you have to like actually have a relationship with spirit, but connecting with certain deities, they've taught me what divine masculine energy really feels like in my nervous system. And that has been such an amazing gift because now I know how to recognize it. And now I know what it feels like to feel with a safe masculine who's not coming from that kind of first stage, that kind of more primal, lower level of consciousness, but somebody who's coming through the, through the heart with a crown connected and open. And, you know, I can thank Odin and Archangel Michael and Jesus for that because they have fucking showed up. So if you want to start moving through the guilt and the shame, which is this, the sticky part that's necessary, being aware of it is first. And then you get to make your healing journey artful and exciting. So, you know, the way that healing has been presented to us is like, go cry with a therapist or like sit in a circle of women and kumbaya and hold hands. No, 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 no. You can make your relationship to this whole healing process of reclaiming your sexuality really fucking juicy. And whether that's going and doing ceremony, making art out of it, writing, poetry, singing, dancing, you know, doing um, ayahuasca, whatever calls your heart, but you do have to deal with it. So it's like, if you're feeling disconnected from your orgasm, if you're feeling disconnected from your heart, if you're feeling uh, like ashamed when you think about um, wanting to feel pleasure, then these are all signs that you've got some deep diving to do. If there's stuff in your family, sexual trauma in your family, if there's, you know, puritanical notions in your family, these are all things that are probably running through your field, which means you have some work to do. And we don't have to look at it as like hard work. It can be fun work. It can be actually learning how to turn these kind of shame demons or whatever you want to call them, these these shadowy parts of your field into light. And just sharing the light with them. And it's okay. Like you're okay now. It's safe to be sexual. It's safe to feel pleasure. Whatever happened in the past, learning to look at it in a way where you bring more love to it. Um, And it's, it's definitely a journey. I mean, depending on how many experiences you've gone through this lifetime, how many traumas, um, how much is in your family, it could be, it could be some years of some diving in. It doesn't mean that you have to stop engaging with pleasure during that time but the process of getting real and getting and getting clear with that is is just essential otherwise you'll keep going through life with this engagement with your sexuality that's not from depth and like there's so much possible and you can have ecstatic bliss in so many moments of life once you sort of cut through that stuff i love what you just said you know for me um i want to tell you a little bit of a story about boys. So when we're boys and we're growing up, we look towards our mother with attraction, with the idea that this is my mom and I love my mom and I'm going to protect my mom and my mom is everything, depending on how the mother is, of course. But this is, you know, the general 
way um, that we operate from. And then when we're ha- when we're with other boys in the playground and so forth, you know, some boys will bring in. I mean, for me, it was like you know bringing in little magazines and things or talking about like, oh, like, did you see her boobies? And like, you know, it becomes this thing because we have this heightened part of our being that's that's starting to look towards girls and going like, oh, look at her. And, you know, and, and then as we get into more like junior high, high school, it becomes more of a, a like an initiation of being a being a boy, you know, which is like, hey, you know, are you still a virgin? Did you have sex yet? You know, and it becomes this kind of conversation every time us guys get together. And then we find out like, oh, you know, Johnny had sex with that girl. And he's like, he did? And so we go and we talk to Johnny. Like, what was it like? You know, like, what was it? What was, it was amazing. What did you feel? And he was like, you know, it was kind of strange and it was wet and it was, you know, and they, you know, this is the conversation that goes on. And then the other boys are like, well, I, God, I can't wait till I get to do it, you know? So it becomes this, uh, like, really a boy initiation. Johnny did it first. Now we all want to do it. We all go to Johnny to get the information. Johnny feels like he's the head honcho in school now because he's the one who actually had sex with a girl. And he even points out to us, tells us all the, you know, the details of, like, what happened. And we're not interested more in... under the We, we, we get, as boys in, in junior high and high school, we, we are much more in the idea of, I want to be a part of that club. So it becomes, it, it goes out of the idea of wanting to connect with someone just for the sake of connecting with them from a heart place. It comes more of a conquest. So we conquest this boys club that we all have to get laid. And we all make plans on how we're going to get it done from the going after school, inviting the girl to our house after school to like, you know, talking with her and trying to get her to see that we're cool, that we are like, you know, that we're worth even having sex with. So we put on, we do a lot of peacocking as boys, like finding the things that it could be like by ignoring her or riding our skateboard past her and not even (laughs) looking at her. You know, mine was because I was a skater. So mine was always like, my I was with my skater boys and we I was always like, this girl was really into me. And they're like, oh yeah, did you know, you know, uh, like Danielle's really into you and all that. And, and I'm like, oh, is she? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool, man. That's so cool. And they're like, so are you going to have sex with her? Like, are you going to have sex with her? And then my one of my buddies like, I would have sex with her. And I was like, okay. And so then I see Danielle and I'm like riding my Rob Scott, my Rob Roscob skateboard. And I'm just like cruising by her. And at the time I used to have really long, very long curly hair what? because my mom has straight hair. So everyone <laughs> in my family, we don't, I don't have like, you know, I have very like, very curly, like straight long hair. And I used to have it swept over to one side and I used to dye the tips blonde and what yeah so i would like literally take my hair and i look at her and then i would like go past her and like not even like give her the time of day shit that's then, a scorpio move you know <laughs> <laughs> and then i would see her and then she would come i see her like with her girlfriends and then she'd come up to me and be like hey you know Derek, um you know how's it going and i'm like i'm good how are you Ma- you know and then my friends would come over and be like and then she's like, yeah, you know, so I'm having a, a party when my parents are going out of town and I wanted to invite you. Do you think you would go? And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. You know, and I was that guy. I was the guy who was just like, I'm not going to give you energy. I'm going to whatever. I'm going to make you want me. Damn, and then, then she I'm dropped gonna, her pennies like so fast. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because all my friends would be like, wow, you had sex with her. And, you know, it was like this really big thing. And then all my friends were like, we were all like, 
basically every time we meet with all those guys, it was always like who was having sex. And if you made, had sex, everyone was like high-fiving each other and getting into that space. So then you get into high school and it becomes more about Wait, that was middle school? That was middle school. Damn. Yeah, that's middle school. I didn't school. have sex. I was like 17. So. High school becomes more about who is the hottest girl. And, oh. and it becomes the conquest of getting the hottest girl or the coolest girl mm. or the girl who stands out the most in school in mm. everyone's eyes, who dresses the hottest, who is the hottest, right. who's this. Like whoever nails her in the boys club gets the, gets the, uh, the alpha championship. So, so we put them in alpha status, like right, right, we look right, up right. to them and they become like gods to us. And so this is how we, we operate. And then it goes from that and then you go into college and then you go into life and it hasn't changed. It hasn't. And it's so animal, right? It's very animal. It's like the champs. It's very, it's, it's very like, I got the hottest girl. So like now when I go to like Europe and I see my friends, you know, that I listen to them, we'll be on yachts and we'll be like going on the water and stuff. And they'll bring these girls on the boats and stuff. And I'll be like, and then he's like, yeah, so what did you think of my girl, Shaman Durek? Like, she's pretty hot, right? Like, did you check out, like, look at her tits. Like, look, she's pretty awesome. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, literally you have like be the behavior and the brain of um, someone who's just really not present. Like, do you realize right now that you are objectifying her right now and that you're being really disrespectful to her and that she's a human being? Because I've learned so much through my girlfriends. I've learned so much about, about this boys club, you yeah, know? Yeah. I remember my friends would call me up and be like, I finally had sex. Oh my God, I had sex. And like, I slept with this girl named Stephanie and we had sex last night and she took it and she did this and she did that. And my friends would be like, the more graphic they could be, the yeah. more championship they felt like they were winning. Yeah. So everyone would tell the most graphic story that they could to be like, oh my God, dude, you, she did that, you know? And even to this day, like I was at a couple of my friends' houses who are like really well-known actors. And, you know, one of them was like, yeah, you know, I just got back from shooting this movie and da da da, da. And then I'm, he's like, tell Derek, tell Derek, tell Derek, you know, I just got it. I just got back in town and, uh, he's like, he's like, yeah. And, you know, and I, uh, he's like, you gotta, he's like, and I, you know, I had, a uh, these two girls, you know, came over and they saw me in this, they saw, they knew that I was in this movie and they saw me, you know, at the, um, at the, uh, Oscars and so forth. And like, I banged them and it was like all night long. We took turns. I took turns with them. It was amazing. And all the guys in the room who were all these actors and friends of mine here in, in, in Hollywood, they were like, they're like, oh my God. They're like, high five. They're like, you are, a, like, you are, we are seriously jello of you. Like, you are the champion. <laughs> you know, like, you, you are the master. You are the man, man. You are the man, you know? So and he's like, he's like, Derek, oh my God, it was amazing. And da 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 da. And like, and I was just listening to it. I didn't really yeah. say anything right away. I just listened to it and I was like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm really happy for you. Yeah. But like, they were holding this, waiting for me to get back in town oh from my like God. my work and doing stuff in New York and all over the place so that they can like, we have our guy time. And, and when I'm telling you like, you know, and I, I can't give names who they are because they're my really good friends, but let's just say that they're real big Hollywood actors. Mm -hmm. And, when I'm around a lot of my friends who are in the, in the scene or, you know, who are like actors or athletes or whatever, this boys club is still there. Yeah. And so it's really, so I'm just kind of giving, giving everyone an understanding of a background of like yeah. how us guys are operating. Yeah. And I think in order for us to, to, to grow and to change, 
we have a responsibility to, to really nurturing ourselves and learning to love ourselves and get out of that insecurity. We don't find our power unless we are being told by a woman how amazing we are, how what, like, like we, until we can show that we have a lot to bring to the table. And that's why we feel that we can do whatever we want because we feel like, well, look, I'm doing this for you. I'm taking you out to dinner. I'm doing, I'm paying for this house. I pay for this. I'm doing this. So we have the right to um, engage you in the way that we're engaging you, and especially here in LA. Like, the guys are very narcissistic here in LA. They, women, I don't even know how they have dates here because the men think they're more they're they're more in looking in the mirror at themselves, you know, and, and checking themselves <laughs> out, and like making sure their clothes is all decked out and everything. They're yeah. like in, they're in like complete love with them with their own image that they don't even have time to really see the the woman that's in front of them. It's very interesting. And I think men who are listening to the show, we have to rise up above this level of the boys club. We have to come into a place of heart-centered awareness where we can literally be present and show up in a different way. We have to come into a vulnerable place and realize that it's not about the money that we have in our bank account. It's not about the job we have or what we can secure. It's not about the size of our cocks. It's not about how we operate in bed with a woman and how good we are because we're not even really being present in our sexual um, action because we go into it with, I'm going to nail her or I'm going to show her how good my cock is or I'm going to show her how good I am in bed and then she's going to fall in love with me and then I'm secure. And we can't use our cock anymore as as a contract. We can't use our cock anymore as a as a weapon. We can't use our cock anymore as a way to 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 um, oppress and 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 suppress someone through the engagement of. I did all these horrible things for you, but you'll take me back because you know how good I am in bed and you don't want to lose this cock. We can't keep using our cock in that way. We have to get out of our cock and get into our hearts, men. Ooh! Yes, please. <laughs> please, 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 please. It doesn't mean you have to like forego the cock. The cock's amazing. It's glorious, but like it's time. It's time to like evolve a little bit past that chimpanzee behavior. Like, because <laughs> it is. It's, yes. like, it's just like gorillas and stuff. Like, you know, and, and we, I love that we're animals. I love that we shit and spit and piss and like sex can be disgusting and primal and that's amazing. But it also, and it also needs to elevate into the heart. And we women can't do it alone, you know. And I see men around trying so hard. Like, just, just like, they they like, they elevate. And it's like, okay, it's like when you're on a treadmill. And I'm not saying this blanket statement, okay? So don't, please don't like egg me because I'm making a generalization. I'm saying there are many different types out there. But it's like when you're running on a treadmill and you're really good at running at four miles per hour. And then if you are like, fuck it, I'm going to sprint. I'm going to go to 10. And you go at 10. You can only sustain that for a certain amount of time. You have to train to get there. Right. So it's the same for people like rising into a new level of consciousness. For me, what happens is a man will meet me and he'll rise to that 10, 20 miles an hour and meet me because I'm running fast. And then he won't be able to stay with that level of awareness and presence, but he wants to. And a part of him wants to. But the man that's still super unconscious will then he'll just he'll drop. He won't be able to, to hack it. So men, if you meet a woman who activates your awareness, who you're like, oh, 
That is divine goddess energy. I want it. And then you, the moment you need to start paying attention is when the fear kicks in. And when you want to hop into unconscious behavior, because that's your resistance to growth. That's your resistance to rising into your heart, into your third eye, into your upper crown. So don't worry about the girl or the woman. Cool. It's either her or someone else who is going to potentially empower you to rise. In the moment where you decide not to text her back for three days or where you decide that you know, fuck it, I'm going to go sleep with someone else tomorrow, the next day after her. That's the moment that if you catch yourself and you bring consciousness to that behavior, you will evolve not only as a man in relationship, but in your business. Because the same level of unconsciousness that you're bringing to sex and relationship, you're bringing to your business. And you will not shine as a man in the world, as a king who who is bringing consciousness through whatever it is. I don't care if you're a gardener. But the same level of unconsciousness that you bring into sex and love, you'll bring to everyone around you, your children, your mother. So those moments where we either choose to do something shitty, not text someone back like a lovely woman you slept with once, even telling her, hey, I'm not interested, but I think you're awesome. The moment where we just say, oh, forget it, delete. That is the moment where you have the opportunity to grow or not. Those, which I teach my clients, it's those subtle little detail moments that we send our system and we send humanity into a new place or not. That's when your spirit guides are clapping. They're like, oh my God, they grew. They're learning, they're learning. Or they're like, oh shit just slipping back into the mud again and again. And we have to help each other. Like we have to hold each other's hand and remind each other in those moments, like, hey, you can do this. Like you don't need to to go from two miles an hour all of a sudden to running at 30. It's just not going to happen. It's like a rubber band. It's going to snap too fast. But you have to take the little baby steps towards the growth. (laughs) And, you know, I think that there are already men paving the way. You're one of them. So looking to people like you and other leaders who are out there who are like, hey, I have a heart and I'm a man like I don't have to be like neutered or castrated like but I'm bringing awareness to my life I'm gonna treat people well boom yeah I think it's so beautiful what you said I I, I have a word called microlutions mm. right it's the evolution in micro form and it's it's, it's like taking those that. steps right and really realizing that you like you said you don't have to be at this top performance but if you just keep making those microlutions in your life, you know, and just really realize that evolutionary process is your as long as you're just keeping your mind on that you want to be in that heart space and that that's your desire, you know, and then every time you're just going to keep making these microlutions and before you know it, it's going to become, you know, more um, seen and experienced. And before you know it, you're going to be taking quantum leaps and you will be at that performance level that is necessary to create a a real conscious, loving, nurturing, supportive relationship, which leads into a partnership. And that partnership is about being in partnership in both in the heart, in the body, and in your career and in life, right? Because that's where you get to show up for the person you're with. And this goes not just also for men and women, this goes for men and men, and this goes for, you know, women and men, because there's women who are also coming with the masculine energy. And, and having, women and women. And women that's yeah, what I'm saying, and yeah, women yeah, and women. Yeah. Like everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there is a, a, a conscious, um, you know, sex evolution that needs to, you know, restructure itself so that we can realize like exactly what you said Alexandra, which is uh, coming into a space where we realize that how we operate on this level is how we're operating on all levels. And that's a very shamanic uh, understanding because we call it the wheel, right? The, the medicine wheel. 
and how we're operating in one place, we're going to be operating on those other places. So everything is being affected. Yeah. And, and I think that you can think about that in a sexual experience, right? Like, you know, there's a moment where maybe you're having sex and it starts to go a little unconscious and it goes into like this kind of like maybe like jackhammery rabbit, like fast. And you notice that you lose eye contact and it really just becomes about the body. That is, again, the moment you stop, you breathe, you look into someone's eyes, you feel the heart and you regain presence. And from there you keep connecting. And it's that moment is the same that happens in a conversation. That's the same that happens in the decision to text someone back and be honest and say, you know what, this isn't right for me versus just kind of ghost on them. It's the same thing. And it's like when we actually just dissociate and drop out, And just like, oh, forget it. I'm not going to text them back anyway. I don't give a fuck. Or, oh, like, I'm just going to think from my, from my, my most primal urge right now in the sexual experience. And I'm going to just forget it. Like, just, let's just come. Let's just come. Those are the moments. Like, we can spot them all around where we, if we bring a dash of breath and consciousness that we, we begin to live life in a more aware way altogether. Beautifully said poignantly spoken and divinely gifted you are (laughs) thank you so much tell people how can how can people how can people get into your world in your Mm. life how can they can they follow you somewhere to get your teaching can they take workshops with you How, how how can tell tell the tribe how is this possible so follow me on Instagram, Alexandra Roxo, R-O-X-O. I write there every day. I love writing and I express my ecstatic relationship with life and the magic of my own journey through writing a lot and through visuals. And I also have something called Moon Club, which is an online community for women where we gather and do moon ritual all around our transformation and growth. And then I also work one-on-one with clients, but I'm going to be kind of pausing that for a while while I go into writing process for my book, which will be 2020. Stay tuned for that. So in the meantime, follow me on Instagram and I'll post all the juicy uh, events coming up and things that I'm doing. Perfect. And people can uh, find your Instagram yeah. And can you give them that information? Oh, yeah. At Alexandra Roxo, R-O-X-O. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, honey, for Thank being on the you. show. Thank you. This an was honor. deep. I had no idea we were going to go this. I mean, I don't know why I would have thought we would have gone anywhere else but deep. <laughs> but I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's all for me. If you're going to be on Ancient Wisdom today, then you got to realize this is the tribal conversation here. Yeah, this is the big stuff, you guys. Thank you for having me and thank you for, for opening these conversations. They're not easy and I appreciate everyone who's listening and who's just making an effort. You know, it's the small things that we're all doing that are really making the change. I love you, sweetheart. Mm, love you. Thank you for being on planet Earth. It means, it means, it means so much. Thank you. Came to party. What an amazing show. She is something else, isn't she? The knowledge that comes from her, the way that she elocutes her words and speaks and the profoundness and the nature of her being. You can feel through her words and the way that she's expressing them, the wisdom and the and the core energy that are coming into all of our beings through that essence where you know it's coming from this pure place, not just of I know a lot of things, it's also I've experienced a lot of things. And, you know, having someone like that who's experienced things and sharing her wisdom and her knowledge since the time that she was a child to where she is now and bringing that into our lives 
is such a gift, isn't it, tribe? Isn't it a wonderful gift to have her a part of the tribe and to share all of that with us today? I'm so overjoyed. I'm so happy. I'm so elated. I'm so late. I am so on fire for this amazing podcast that we got to experience. And if you like a lot of the things that you hear and a lot of things that you're experiencing, you know, please go and, you know, leave a review and uh, so that we can continue to share with people the how it's affecting your life, if it's affecting you and if you're feeling lit by it. You can also um, follow me if you haven't already at Shaman Dirk on Instagram. And if you want to get uh, leveled up, you want to upgrade your powers, you can take shamanic trainings with me. You can find it all out by signing up on my newsletter to find out where I'm going to be, where my trainings are going to be held and please do yourself a favor and go and get inside of her life what she's teaching what she's doing and what she's providing for us here on earth while she's here on this soul journey to lift and shift us to a greater and higher possibilities i love you all so so much and remember that there's only you that knows what is right for you so be your best lover and love yourself and create conscious loving relationships and connections and be conscious in all of your energy with people and i assure you you will have a wonderful fruitful life bye everyone thank you